Yes Have Some podcast is brought to you by Carnivorous Creations, your one-stop shop for all of your proton pack building needs. If you're in the market for a proton pack, head to carnivoruscreations.com. That's carnivorous with a K. You're going to find aluminum motherboards, resin parts, fiberglass shells, and a whole lot more. Find them on Facebook at Carnivorous Creations or head straight to carnivoruscreations.com. Remember carnivorous with a K and get started on an authentic screen accurate proton pack. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. We got one! It's time for another episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Look at him in really bad shape. Come on, please. Please. Your weekly pop culture therapy session. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. Subscribe on iTunes by searching for Yes Have Some in the iTunes store or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yeshavesomecast. Sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. And now, hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 54 of Yes, Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg. Thank you so much for joining us. We are in Atlanta, Georgia, and Valdosta, Georgia. That's right. Two places at once. The magic of podcasting. Omnipresent. Omnipresent. I love presents. Yeah, me too. We got presents? Easter baskets. We did get a present. I got a BB-8 Easter basket at Target. No, you didn't. No, that was Walmart. Yeah. It was on clearance, <laughs> and it's very cool. It's got cat toys in it now, so. There you go. It's neat. Uh, <laughs> Abigail Gardner. Hey, that's me. That's you. With the Easter basket over here. Uh, Jacob Walsh. Hello. Hey. I like buying hey. things. So, you know, after, like, holidays, everything's on sale. So the $17 BB-8 Easter basket was $1.50. Yeah. Oh, boy. you got to get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's that cheese? It you it find really, something to do with it. Yeah. It doesn't really look like an Easter basket. It just looks like a BB-8 basket. Like a decorative basket. Well, I was yeah. hoping my cats would get inside of it, but it's, like, it's too small. Have you been, like, putting treats in there to see if they'll yeah. jump in? I was luring them. I put right. Daisy Ridley action figures. Hoping she'd come by. <laughs> hoping she'd come <laughs> she'd get in her. there. Uh, <laughs> you know, put that would there. be a happy Easter morning. Uh, yeah, I went looking for my Easter eggs, and I found Daisy Ridley. Uh, we were actually all together on Easter, Jacob, Abigail, and myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was that Sunday. And I remember I asked uh, Jacob, I said, hey, do Easter eggs, uh, or what's more offensive to you about Easter, Jesus or eggs? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Um, oh, and he still food. hasn't answered me. I, well, I thought I said the eggs because the other one's not real. Oh, shots fired. Yikes. Uh, Well, uh, that's the Yes Have Some podcast. This is our last episode, (laughs) I think. See you later. Episode 55 will never happen. Uh, No, we're... (laughs) The passion of episode 54. We were just talking um, before we started about have we ever said something like that was offensive enough to warrant a backlash? Um, maybe we just did. We <laughs> we just did. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Guys. All's over now, so. It's over now. It was a good run. <laughs> just over. Past, we can do whatever right? we want now. Um, now that everyone's <laughs> abandoned us, we can. We've, no. Hey, we've broken that barrier. 
Yeah, we've broken the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob, how are you, man? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing fine. You good? T-Rex. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. It, it, oh, we need. We should probably just start off. A quick update. Have a quick yeah. update Let's do a on quick the. Update. Uh, What's going on? Just to fill um, in our um our I don't listeners. I don't want to talk about it too much. I went back and listened to the last episode, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm really angry about this." I'm thing. an angry person. I was like, "Oh cool, I'm very um, upset about this." Uh, I I did shoot an email over to Chronicle. I got one reply from them, which I don't really want to go into what they said because the issue isn't resolved yet. Uh, I haven't heard back from them since uh, sometime last week. Uh, start. I think it's starting to push it. I think I'm probably have to send them another email soon. But uh, trying to figure out some options here on on what to do with the Rex. Yeah. Right. So Jake, uh, for anybody who missed it last week, uh, it's worth going to check out um, episode fifty four. Um, I might be an episode off. Oh, I that know, was episode 53. Yeah, that's 53. As I said, We're 55 won't now. happen. There we go. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. So Studio 54. Yes. Jacob Walsh. Huge party. Uh, had ordered the breakout T-Rex from uh, Chronicle Collectibles. The paint job was less than stellar. And, uh, a little we're, yellow. We're trying to figure it out. We are trying to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, what, what I'd like to do is... Um, honestly, like, I don't really want to send it back. I don't want to replace it. I honestly, like... I wish I knew somebody that could just repaint it for me. Somebody who was really good at repainting there. Mm-hmm. There is a guy like on Instagram who does that. Um, I have reached out to him, but I haven't heard back from him about it. And I'm also afraid that he charges a lot to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's probably my best option is just maybe I thought about maybe just trying to repaint it myself. I don't know. Uh-huh. But I might ruin it if I do that. But uh, Right. I yeah, feel like I, if I I'm still looking into it. it. You know, in Batman '89, uh, when the Joker, <laughs> when they, when the Joker's in the art museum, uh, and they're going up to Vicky Vale, uh-huh. and uh, it's the, it's specifically the part of the Prince song that says "Black and white, red and green," yes. and they're just slopping paint on that like, yes. what is it like Michelangelo's David or whatever? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, that's what it would look like if I painted it. Yeah. So. Let's not let me do that. But I love that yeah. scene. So. Yes, That's such a good scene. I always wanted, if there's any prop replica builders out there. Because I love that they're like villains and they're supposed to be so bad, but they're like just defacing artwork. Yeah. And, like, it's and they're just <laughs> dancing also. Yeah, exactly. They're just uh, having yeah. fun. Like it's, they're it just looks like a really a good party. time. Hey, it's just some fun. Right. Um, I always really liked the gas mask in that scene that Vicky Vale opens up. It's like a cool red and green yeah. gas mask. Yeah. And I thought hmm. that would be like a cool prop to own. Yeah. Um. So Kim Basinger. Is it maybe? Yeah. Is it not it? like a? Know. Is it not like a regular gas? Is it? Is there something like fancy about it? Well, it doesn't look like a regular gas. It doesn't like strap on over her. Um. Head. She just puts it on over her face. She just right? puts it on over her face. So, uh, I don't know. It always looked cool to me. Yeah. Um. It made me ponder that age-old question: Where does he get those wonderful toys? Right. Right. Um, I'm looking at it. It's cool. So. Yeah, I'm looking at a very tiny. Yeah, photo I was looking at it. the smallest the picture. Smallest picture. <laughs> like, is that what? Oh, is? I see. I'm it's not... orange. It's orange and green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, I feel like you could probably is... find those style. Maybe you right. would just have to paint it. Oh, that's Whoa, cute. That would be really cool. Uh, it would be cool to have that displayed with the box and the little and the note. note that says "Put this on right Put now." Put this on right mm-hmm. now. Urgent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, guys. Somebody get on it. Is yeah. this about to be a Batman '89 retrospective episode? <laughs> <laughs> Just emergency, emergency Batman emergency episode. Emergency. Hey, Mister, give me a dollar. 
we've we've talked about we we're gonna we're we're gonna get there eventually, but um, mm-hmm. but not tonight. We've the got, summer of eighty nine episode. Yeah, the long we've been talking about the long, the long lost yes have some episode. <laughs> the, yeah, the long con at this point. We've been teasing that. For so like literally so long. ten. Ten months ago, we had this idea of let, let's do an episode where we talk about the Troy summer. Benjamin. Yeah, the summer of '89. About, yeah, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about Batman and Ghostbusters and Gremlins. Honey, I, Honey, I Shot the Kids, yeah. and was it Gremlins too? I think it came out in '89. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, all that, and all that. But good I stuff. asked all the good stuff. Yeah, uh, good friend of the podcast, Troy Benjamin, host of the uh, Interdimensional Crossroad, which I almost always call the International Crossroad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, they have international listeners. They do, so, they do. You know. um, I asked him, I was like, hey, would you want to do that episode with us? Because uh, I thought he'd be a good guest to have and uh, to talk about. And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. And then... Um, then he had to write a book. Yeah, then he went and wrote a book so, instead. Uh, should we talk about that real quick? Yeah, that's really cool, actually. It's, uh, Can we? Can we talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's official. Can we talk about it's Ghostbusters? Uh, well, talk it's about. important to talk about Ghostbusters. It's very important. This is um, why it's important. Somebody, uh, here we go. So... Um, Troy Benjamin, uh, he is a good friend of ours, and uh, he's more than a friend. He's a podcasting uh, brother. He's in the wizard. He's a wizard. He's good. Um, They're all good. He uh, obviously he founded Ghostbusters HQ, uh, one of the original Ghostbusters fan sites. Longtime fan, friend of the podcast, and uh, all around good guy. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, he wrote, or at least co-wrote, but mostly wrote uh, a new book that's coming out. Uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon. It's uh, the Ghostbusters Ectomobile Owner's Workshop Manual, and it's going to cover um, uh, all of the Ectos, Ecto-1, Ecto-1A, and the new one from 2016, as well as all the Ghostbusters equipment, proton packs, traps. Very cool, um, yeah. All that kind of stuff. And uh, it's a nice hardcover book. It's uh, for pre-order. It comes out in October, and you can go to Amazon.com and get that. And uh, I told him I can't wait to get my signed copy. Yeah. Um, yeah for I have sure. no for plans sure. on pre ordering. I expect Troy to just send me one. Just <laughs> Troy, send um, us three books. We would like three Please. copies. Um, and, I want uh, an, in- an inscription. Mm-hmm. I want yes. a nice letter. Something nice. A letter. I want a uh, nice handwritten. I want him to autograph it, Sweet Dreams. Yeah. Oh, and also, <laughs> uh, yeah, no Linda Blair situation. And none of this ballpoint pen. I'm thinking like a feathered quill. No, and, I'm going like, to need some calligraphy <laughs> going on. I'm going to yeah, need some yeah, nice yes. calligraphy. Yeah. Something embossed. Yeah. Actually, just use Ghostbusters wing dings or web dings. That's it. Just <laughs> um, do a whole thing. And, all yeah, wing that's dings. That's what we want. Um, that's a good idea. I don't feel like those are unreasonable requests. No, I think no, it's he can make. He can acceptable. do it. He's got time. He's if got he time. Can't, he's not busy. I'm going to be upset. So um, It's not like he's busy. Hosting a podcast, running a website, and writing books. Right. Because um, he also does the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, guides. Yeah. So, um, He's a con- guide guy. It's congratulations, great. Troy. We yes. thank you. We're happy for you. Why are we thank? I just said we thank you. We thank <laughs> you for your service to the Ghostbusters community. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Um, so that's really cool. Go to Amazon. Uh, pre-order that. And... Uh, maybe, maybe when it comes out, we can have him on the show. Maybe. This is what we're going to do, you guys. We're going to ask him, like, Troy, we really want to have you on the show to talk about your book. And summer then, of 89. And then he comes on the show and we're like, it's the summer of 89. Yeah. We're not going to let him talk about it one time. It's going to be great. Uh, cool. All right. The, pl- the wheels are in motion. Um, so, yeah, that's what's going on with that. Um, and we're still all kind of recovering from Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. And uh, 
there's other conventions coming up. There's stuff we want to go to. And there's and movies coming there's out. There's movies coming out. Concerts. There's concerts coming up. There's a lot going on. So we got a lot uh, to go over. Before we get to our little stress fest, um, did you guys have anything else you wanted to, to cover? Any any? Oh, I have something I want to say, but you guys can go first if you want. I was just going to say um, today's... Alien Day. I was going to wish you guys a happy Alien Day. Yeah. Happy Alien happy Day. Happy Alien Day. Yeah. 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 Um, may all your chest bursts come true. Mm-hmm. Face hug a friend. <laughs> face hug a friend. <laughs> FaceTime a friend. And face yeah, FaceTime them and then face hug your computer. And <laughs> there you go. Be cute. Um, yeah, I fe- it kind of feels like starting today, the next three or four weeks, we're going to see a huge ramp up of Alien Covenant. Um Promotion posters, mm-hmm. trailers. I mean, they uh, they put out something today. They put out like another prologue today that was all it's. I didn't watch it, but and this could be considered spoilery. But it, all it said was the fate of Elizabeth Shaw revealed in new Alien prologue. So, oh. yeah, I mean, I've been I've cut it off. I've cut yeah. all that stuff off. They're, they've already been. There's too many trailers. There's too many TV spots already. There's too many posters. There's too many everything, and I keep seeing. Right. Articles where it's like, hey, newest TV spot, you know, spoil has a spoiler or something. So I'm just, yeah, it's, it's coming out soon. Staying away from anything else they post. Yeah, don't go into the marsh, man. Stay away. Yeah. I totally understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's true because that's those are treacherous waters. That's actually what my stress is about this week. So we'll tease, we'll like, tease, stress tease. I'm sure you all we'll know tease, tease. at yeah. this point. Um, Cool. Before we move on, we wanted to uh, thank one of our listeners who sent us a nice little care package. Uh, we posted about it on our Facebook. Uh, Zach Crago. Um, I think I'm saying that right. It's either Crago or Crago. We're going to say Crago. Okay. Uh, if we're wrong, please correct us, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Zach sent us um, a couple. So I guess he hand drew some. Uh, so basically, he sent us a message and was like, hey, um, I sent you guys something, and we're like, okay, cool. And he was like, it's Ninja Turtles related, and we are like, well, that sounds good to us. Yeah. And then it showed up, and he hand-drew some Raphaels from the original animated mm-hmm. series. But what's really cool is he got them signed for us and personalized by uh, Rob Paulson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. voice actor Rob Paulson, legendary cool. voice yeah, like actor Animania. Rob yes. Paulson. Um, Raphael. And uh, he voiced Raphael. Yeah. Uh, Rob did, not Zach. Uh, <laughs> Rob Rob uh, voiced Raphael in um, the original Ninja Turtles, and I believe he does Donatello's voice in the new animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. So, Zach wrote us a nice little letter, and I guess he he went to an event where Rob was. Uh, what was it at Animaniacs or Pinky and the Brain event? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Oh, it was something. Uh, he wrote it down. Yeah, the, I think it was Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, Pinky and the Brain. And uh, they, I think they were doing a live reading of an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some sort of event he attended, and he was uh, kind enough to to get us uh, those pictures and get them signed. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate it. We're never going to turn down free stuff. No, we love packages. We love getting packages. Um, although Abby hates the mailman. I don't like him. He comes <laughs> he... to the door and knocks because there was a short period of time where our mailbox was like broken because a tree fell. And then, like, mm-hmm, we didn't mm-hmm. quite the fix it. The great tree so, fall of uh, Yeah, and then it just took us a while because, yeah. like, the mailbox, like, we just kind of set it back up on top of, like, the, the peg that it's on. <laughs> so every time mail would go in, it would, like, topple over. So the mailman would have to come to the front door. But, like, it's fixed, but he still comes and knocks anyway, which I find jarring because I like to have my quiet mornings and my mm-hmm. solitude 
and I don't want to like hang out with him. It's like, scary. You're just like hanging stuff. out, and there's just a yeah. knock. Dude, all of a sudden. Craig, yeah. Craig got a Condoleezza Rice <laughs> autograph in the mail two days ago, and that you, thing I asked you was bent kindly to not yeah. bring this up. Dude, that was the best part of my day. Uh, that was the same day that we got the uh, the Raphael drawings from Zach, which was really nice. And then I got uh, also the Condoleezza Rice photograph. Very Craig good mail was watching day. the Golf Channel and got really into her whole thing, which I mean, wow. I respect her and like okay. girl power, and that's awesome. And like, but the picture but also, was all fucking bent because. So, right, hold uh, on. You know, you, mailman. Is, hold on. This is such. Do it. What you're doing right now... You asked me to flatten it, so I got on, Stephen listen, King's Nightmares listen. and Dreamscapes and, like, set it down on top of it and then put a hammer on top of that just to make sure that Condi looked good, so... Here's the thing. What you're doing right now is a complete... Is mo- it shaming? No, it's a complete mind fuck to our <laughs> listeners. Because right now, the listeners of the Yes Have Some podcast where we talk about Ghostbusters and Star Wars, like our life is falling apart mm-hmm. if we don't talk about these things are thinking, why the hell is Craig receiving a Condoleezza right? Like, it makes no sense on any level, right? So right now, I'm like, do I explain the whole story, or do we just let them, like... Do we just move on? Don't ask, don't tell? um, Because that's how I think. I'll tell the story really quickly. I was flipping through the channels. There was an interview with Condoleezza Rice. I have a mild interest in politics. Forget which side of the political spectrum you fall on. I find politicians to be interesting people. It was a very good interview. She's very smart. Uh, and I ended up... You collect I, autographs. I do collect autographs, and I don't. I didn't know much about her. Uh, I just knew she was in the Bush administration, which is kind of like whatever. Um, I started doing research. I got onto her Wikipedia page. I got into a deep condy hole. Uh-huh. I ended up on her website. And there was a section for autograph requests that said, if you would like an autograph, fill out this form and we will send you one. So I'm not going to not fill out a free autograph form because who knows? <laughs> she could be the president someday. Yeah. And so. she would be. And you're going to have a bent autograph <laughs> of <listen>. photo of her. <laughs> she could be the president. She would be the first female president, the first black female president. The first That's, female president to have a song written about her by Against Me. There you go. So there you go. And I don't know if she's a great person or a terrible person, but I know she plays she seems golf. Cool. And now I have her autograph, and I framed it. I have not put it on the wall, though. It is but. not on the wall. Um, so, yes, have some... Uh, here's our poll for the week. Should Craig put his Condoleezza Rice autograph <laughs> on the wall? That is the question. You're not going to post that one into Mondo Trader? Yeah, I'm not going to put that on <laughs> yeah, Mondo sure? Trader. Oh, for Frame Up Friday? Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys, got my... I should... Dude, I'm definitely doing that. I think it's a really good idea. Y'all got my Condi. Got that Condi. All right, cool. Uh, You're going to get so many likes. Cool. It's a Tyler Stout Condoleezza Rice Thanks print. for sticking with oh. us, by the way, if you're still listening. Yeah, so. thanks really for not abandoning, it. finding another podcast. We're still cool. We're still here. <laughs> I promise. Don't worry. Um, cool. Well, that was fun. That was fun. You guys ready? You ready? Yeah. Uh, you ready? ready Are you ready? Gas mask. You ready, you ready to get yeah. stressed? I'm stressed. Let's do it. I can feel the stress. You're looking a little stressed. Is this some radical new therapy? Why don't you do something with your life? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts.
All right, here we go. It's that time of the week where we talk about the things that are stressing us out, things in our lives, pop culture. Mm -hmm. Do we have stress this week or what? Yeah. A little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Stress is heavy. Yes. I feel very stressed. Abigail, you want to start us off? Yeah, a week ago, uh, the stress started for me, um, and (laughs) I've been trying to avoid... I basically feel like I can't even get online or watch television because um, James Gunn posted... The uh, the track list, like the set list for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, mm-hmm. and I have been I have not looked at it, and avoiding looking at it has become like almost like a job because it's, you know, it, obviously everyone wants to see that track list, and it seems to be like not that big a deal for most people, but to me, I feel like Jesus God, like the the songs that are used in Volume One in the first movie um, are so like important and integral to the plot, and I think that. For me personally, like discovering them for the first time with that first viewing in theaters when I when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy for the very first time, it was like an amazing of investment to have. Like once I got home, I could go and discover those songs and listen to those bands and listen to the uh, entire Awesome Mix Volume One like on YouTube, and it was you know an extension of the experience, and it was something that would you know trigger those memories like really vividly from those scenes from the movie so even when I wasn't in the theater watching the movie which I always wanted to be after I saw it for the first time I was able to listen to the soundtrack and Craig bought me the soundtrack on you know CD which was really cool um because I like old technology like that and so I put that CD in my car and it literally didn't come out until the car was like totaled in the car accident and I still took that CD out and have held on to it and keep the album you know actually the tactile physical one on display And I love it so much, and I love the music from that movie. And I am just—I don't want to know the movie or the music from this next movie because, like, I want to have that same style of introduction to it, and I don't want to like know anything about it. Um, So it's just been really stressful to know that it's out there and that everybody else knows it, and I could stumble upon it at some point. And Craig did tell me one of the songs, which uh, is—I think it's called "Brandy"—and like I love that song so much. It's like in the sailor say brandy. I want to sing it, but I'm not going to. Uh, But it's just like it's a feel-good song, and uh, just in general, the fact that there's like you were saying, Jake, like there's so much Alien Covenant stuff that's about to come out. There's already like we're in just the heightened state right now of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Mania. And I guess I'm stressed because it I hearken back to Ghostbusters Answer the Call a little bit because this is like sort of the time of year and sort of the same investment level of emotion that I have for a film. And I just don't want to get let down. Like, I need that feeling to carry on, and I need this movie to be awesome and I'm really stressed about I don't want to have to convince myself for the next summer that like I like a movie that I don't really like because that's just going to be a huge fucking bummer and I did it all last summer so I'm really hoping that oh you didn't like uh, Suicide Squad oh yes (laughs) (laughs) obviously I'm talking about But no, I remember watching Suicide Squad after Answer the Call and being like, no, it's like, I kind of <laughs> like this. Like, do I like this? Because um, I was just Ghostbusters, in that mood, like, That was another what, justification we, mode. Talking about mind fucks, Answer the Call was another, like, it took me six months to, like, get clarity and figure out if I actually liked that movie, what I liked about it, and what I didn't like. Yeah, Jurassic World was a similar experience for me. Uh, Prometheus for you, Jake. I remember you've talked mm-hmm. about that on the show a couple times. So I'm just like... Well, when you're so invested in a movie and you want it to be so good... Yeah. And you want... So it's like, Abby, you've talked a lot about on our podcast those uh, 
times you went and saw Guardians four, five, six times in theaters and how special that was for you. Yeah. Because, like, it was like... I was, like, setting the mold because I've done that ever since, you know, and Guardians was really my first love. Obviously, Ghostbusters is integral and important to me, and that's always kind of been an ever-present force, but, like, going and seeing Guardians of the Galaxy... I had watched, or I'd, I'd read some things online, like, kind of building up to the release of the movie. I was into Chris Pratt because I liked uh, Parks and Rec, and I just was, you know, kind of, like, stepping my toe into the Marvel universe and was, whatever. I was reading about the movie, and so I had a mild investment, so I went and saw it, and it was just, like, it was the first time that I cried, like, just openly crying, like, looking around and, and feeling kind of weird, and but... but good and wanting that feeling again and again and going back for that same release and that same catharsis and like that's that's what I want desperately but because I had it so good the first time I'm just kind of like I guess I'm already being pessimistic and I'm assuming it's just not going to be as good it's going to it's going to have from what I've heard there's like you know you can't have too much baby group kind of like you can't have too much BB-8 in like the next uh you well, know, Star Wars I will say this so. and re- that scares me a little bit so the reviews are starting to roll out and the reviews are very good. Yeah. It's holding in the high eighty per, high eighty percent mm-hmm. in uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and all signs are saying that this movie is good. Now, Abby was just talking about the marketing blitz. Um, we all love the movie Popstar, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Popstar, Andy Samberg, one of the funniest movies of the last couple of years, and part, oh hell yeah! Part of the one of the jokes in that movie was like just the ridiculous nature of marketing music and how there's like synergy between like pop musicians and like products. So you remember like there was the whole thing about the uh, the washing machine that would play yes. uh, Connor's new album. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of happening with Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Did you read about this, Jake? I did not. Two days from now, on April no. 28th. It that's not fair. Hold on, on April. I'm inundated. I can't avoid it. April twenty eighth, Amazon.com will have a limited number of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two Nacho Cheese Flavored Doritos bags. What the fuck? That, that have a an auxiliary port to plug no. in your headphones and play the you soundtrack. Piece of shit. No, that's not fair. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. So, well, I'm getting them. As a fan Cooler of Ranch, hold on. As a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, as a fan of Doritos, and as a fan of limited edition like marketing, and as a fan of Ranch Dust, <laughs> I need them. Are we going to get our it. hands on those Guardians Doritos? Is what I'm asking. That's like the that's part of it. Like the fact that the merchandise is like there's so much. I'm like almost oversaturated. Uh, you picked up the uh, dancing singing group for me at the store the other day. That was. Really nice of you, and I love it. But I'm also I had that feeling of like that pang of like, well, I don't know him yet. Like I don't know his this version of him yet. So like I kind of want to hold off. And again, that harkens back to Ghostbusters: Answer the Call, where I have like an entire shelf full of toys going into a movie that I haven't even seen yet. So it's just that investment level. I'm hoping it pays off. It's like stressful and trepidatious and all that. But again, James Gunn. Like I've listened to interviews with him recently. He sounds. From what he said, I was listening to one today where he said that Disney and Marvel basically didn't have his hands tied at any point. There was no joke that he had in the script that they said no to. Like, there was no inappropriate blue humor that they didn't want in there. So I'm like, if it's James Gunn unfiltered, then it should be amazing, so I shouldn't be stressed. But I am stressed. You're stressed. We always get stressed. Yeah, it's who we are. It is who we are. 
And we thank you, Abigail, for enlightening us. You're welcome. And I feel lighter. Do you feel lighter? A burden is lifted. <laughs> Uh, but we're only a week away from Guardians, so fingers crossed. It's yes. going to be amazing. Yes. We'll, we'll do Getting a, those chips. We'll do a full breakdown review. We'll eat some chips. We'll listen to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Buy um, the toys, yeah. Because once I see it, I'm going to buy everything. No yeah, what, it's so. going to be good. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for stressing. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jay, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey. What, are you, what are you stressed out about something? What are you stressed well, or something? You know what? I got a couple stress things, but they're. I want to go ahead and say they're a little more fun than last week's. Okay. I'm going to take it be... a little lighter this week. <laughs> okay. Someone's like, out. I love Yes Have Some Podcasts. They do this thing where they stress out about like toys and like Star Wars and like customer service experiences. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make fun of religion. It's really fun. <laughs> hey, that so, is fun. Um, <clears throat> so I got, I got two things Sounds I'm going to talk about. The first thing, so there's a there's a documentary that came out this week. Uh, it came out you can and, um, you can like rent it on Amazon. Uh, it was released just a couple days ago. Uh, and it's called Twenty Four by Thirty Six, a movie mm-hmm. about movie posters. And I watched it, and it's very good. Anybody like I know uh, you guys have li- like listened to us talk about. Uh, how ridiculous we've gotten with buying prints and stuff like that. Um, watching this movie makes it worse because right. uh, the, yeah. the movie starts off just kind of talking about movie movie posters in general, the way they used to be painted. Uh, they they in, they they just talk about the history. There's a lot of interviews with some famous movie painters. Um, uh, it, it, it's very informative. It's very cool. They, they talk about kind of the downfall about when in the nineties they started using a lot of Photoshop, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, but then, yeah. Yeah. but then they cut into talking about like Mondo prints and, you know, the kind of rise of like screen printing posters and how that happened. And, you know, they even talk about, you know, the secondary market and how eBay is like, you know, people flipping them and, and there's a lot of interviews by artists that, you know, Craig, me and you have like bought posters from, you know, right. uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of familiar faces in it. A lot of familiar prints. There's like, I'm like, Oh, I have that. That's a print that I want that one. I've been trying to get. And, and it's really fun to watch. It's really informative. There's a lot of cool stuff in there, but the, the bad thing about it is like the movie's half over and I'm like, well, I got to buy some prints. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like on eBay. From- yeah. I'm like on eBay. And Craig, I was like, just before the show started, we, me and you were talking, like you were on eBay looking at prints. Um, well, this isn't my stress, but I'll tell you right now, I'm in the middle of an offer war no. on, on two Mike Mitchell <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, 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 Wicket and Leia. Wicket and Leia. God, top um, two. They're the two I want cutest the most. Couple. So these are the 16 by 12. Um, <laughs> cutest couple. I love I that. a couple cuties. Um, 16 by 12 Mike Mitchell portraits, uh, Star Wars. So we'll, I will keep everyone updated and let you know if these will be secured for the S have some pound. Pond count? The podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I tried, back in the pond I tried to the say podcast. podcast and compound that came out as com com. <laughs> Comcast. All right. Wait, they're terrible. Uh, what? All right, Jay, keep going. Prince. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's making me want to buy more prints. Like, I, I've been trying to frame some stuff up. Uh, I've been wanting to buy more frames. I, have, I already have a ton of prints just yeah. sitting in tubes, not... It, and it just like I haven't you got bought some stuff any up there in a, recently. Yeah, I haven't bought I haven't bought any in a while. Any prints or anything? I've been 
I've been taking it easy. I've been being good about it. And then watching this documentary just made me be like, oh, fuck, got to buy some prints. So yeah. it's kind of it's putting that bug back in. But well, there's that's also what happened when we joined that Mondo Trader group where it was like, oh, my God, yeah, I got to yeah, paint my wall. I need to get better idea. frames. I there's get another you get like shamed about your own situation. <laughs> that's what happens to me for sure. There's another um, there's a documentary called Plastic Galaxy. And it's all uh, about it's all about Star Wars toys. Ooh. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing: don't watch that. No, don't watch you don't that, need that. Right? Don't, don't watch it. it. Um, <laughs> it's good. I think you can. I, th- I think it's on Hulu or one of those, and it's free to watch. So if you, if you've never seen Plastic Galaxy, and it's the same kind of thing, it talks all about the vintage toys and how they all started and how they weren't available when when mm-hmm. Star Wars came out. The, the story we all mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Boba the Fett. same thing. Twenty minutes in, you'll be on eBay. Like, well, maybe I'll just you know check mm-hmm. out. I'll just get one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just, just get one, one Star Wars. <laughs> two IKEA shelves later. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, gotta dust them. But I, I completely understand. I haven't watched um, twenty four by thirty six yet, but um, I think it's a really cool concept for a movie. Yeah. Um, because the po- like. When a lot of when people who don't collect posters and prints or aren't really familiar with it, they think movie posters and you think of the classics, right? Like, mm-hmm. and a lot of the old movie posters are classics, like mm-hmm. the one sheet for Jaws. Like, you can have a million Mondo prints that all look amazing, but mm-hmm. you're not going to really get a poster better than the original Jaws. Mm-hmm. You know, they right? actually yeah. there's actually a good section of of the documentary dedicated to the Jaws poster and. Yeah. Um, the artist himself is interviewed in it and, you know, they talk all about that Jaws poster and they, they kind of come back to it a couple times. So it's, it's funny to yeah. even say that. But nowadays, Jake, you mentioned it. So many movie posters are just like photoshopped, jumbled together, yeah. incoherent nonsense. Right. Lazy. Yeah. They even, the, the, one of the, one of the um, most interesting things about the documentary is they even film like a focus group and they talk about why, uh, companies don't use, uh, you know, um, illustrated or, or actual paintings as posters anymore. And they, 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 they show a focus group, a poster that, you know, is just the regular like Photoshop kind of job. And then next to it is the illustrated, like, you know, which would be like your, right. yeah, you're like Mondo styled version mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and you, you get to kind of sit in and listen to what these people have to say about it and vote on one. And they, they talk about how, you know, the outside world seems to be kind of like trying to test the waters. IMAX has started to do these like, you know, special Mondo print posters for movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there were some DVDs that came out recently where they put Mon- the actual Mondo prints as the covers. So it's like they're trying to test the waters maybe with doing more posters like that. But that that's a that's a good part. That's a pretty interesting part of the documentary. Um I don't want to talk about it too much. You guys haven't seen it. But. Yeah, well, right. It's interesting. I'm assuming most people are like, I like the Photoshop better, like because most people in a focus group are like, I like Melissa McCarthy because she's funny. So, <laughs> Stra- like sure strangely it's- enough, a lot of the people are like, oh, well, if the poster is a drawing or or illustrated, that you means the movie's, the movie's animated. animated, right? Oh, people. Oh, like, God oh. damn it. It's weird because, like, I You're feel like, like... No, it means it's good because it's got a good <laughs> illustrated poster I feel like shit. I feel like the other thing is, like, movies are so dependent on, like, the stars of the movies to, like, sell the movie. So it doesn't really matter what the movie's about. 
As long as we can get, like, Matthew McConaughey's face... Dude, it's like that Passengers poster that was complained about. It was, like, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt's just faces. And, like, there's no... You have no idea it's, like, a space movie or, like, any of that shit. Like, you get no plot, uh, like... Yeah, basically, you just get two attractive faces. It looks like I know you. I know you've probably seen like online those articles where it's like, "Hey, here's every Tom Cruise movie poster," and they they look exactly the same. They kind of do that, and they kind of do that in the documentary. They go through and they're like, "Hey, here are the top movies from like whatever year. Look at all their posters, and they show you all the posters that are similar, and they show you all the Johnny like all of Johnny Depp's movie posters look exactly the same. It's just his face, you know, just." You know, yeah. they make that point how they're all just, you know, right. They're going with what works. It, it's all it's formulaic and like yeah. yeah, mass produced at this point without like a lot of art and style and flair and stuff. So yeah, I prefer the Mondo prints. I like my favorite prints are the prints that take like the most like uh, the part of like the most arbitrary like not necessarily Minutia. yeah mo- important part of the movie and make a whole poster about it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Specifically, I have a Batman Begins print I'm looking at right now, and if it didn't say Batman Begins on it, you would not know it was a Batman. Poster. No, right. because it's right. just like, like Christian Bale from a distance, from behind, like walking through the snowy mountains, yeah, uh, with like the blue flower kind of in the front. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, though, like we all appreciate like art and like the the craftsmanship that goes into mm-hmm. these prints, and like they just look amazing. Like yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck focus groups. That's all I'm gonna yeah, say. Yeah, dude, my like <laughs> Drax it's the most and Gamora print. thing. Yeah. Right. They're um, my favorite things. So, yeah, so. cool. Makes me happy. Yeah. Uh so yeah, definitely let's check <laughs> let's make sure we all check. Everybody, check out twenty four by thirty six. Yes. Yeah. Uh, us included. Us included. Uh, but you can get it on like Amazon and iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, re- I rented it on Amazon. It was like three bucks. So cool. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah, so uh this other thing that I want to talk Super. about. Um, yeah, I gotta talk about this. So Craig, you've you, you been buying, you've been going and buying all the, uh, Robin Hood figures and That's I want to say, do you, yes. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what your count is or if, if you've completed that set at this point or what, but I know you, you're, you're getting there. Getting there. It wasn't a, it wasn't the biggest line of figures. It has like a couple play sets. Uh, one vehicle and then like eight figures. So yeah, I think I'm, some of the figures. we're getting there. Yeah, you're getting there. So you you bought these playsets and they all like like most toys did back in the day, especially the playsets. Not not really the figures, but playsets always kind of came with this little like catalog. Mm-hmm. And you yep. gave me one. And oh, it's the from, Kenner Action Guide. It is a Kenner yeah. starting lineup action toy guide from 1991. And I have not been able to stop looking at this thing. It is amazing. Like these, I wish like toys don't come with these anymore. Toys are very different than they were, you know, in 1991, but this book is amazing. And it's got like the best. So like the first five or six pages are all Batman stuff. And it's like stuff that I didn't even know existed. And I've never collected Batman stuff, but when you look through, this this little booklet, I'm like, oh wait, I'm like my life's mission is to find cross that you know rapid fire six discs at people. Yeah. I want that. Right. right. It has right. like you know it has oh, the Robin Hood toys, but dude, like as you keep going, like middle of this book, there's the Swamp Thing figures. Yes. And 
and they're so weird looking and I don't really remember. The only one I remember is like, there's a play set that has kind of like a Venus flytrap on it. And I know that I had that. And I think I guarantee you the only reason I, I had that is because I was like, there's a flytrap on it. I want it. It's like Audrey too. I need this, but Ooh. I want to collect Swamp Thing now. Um, well, there's some cool. My favorite swa- so the theme song. The swap, yeah. Okay, so that's two things. Um, the theme song to the animated da-na, show of Swamp Thing was amazing. Da-na, da-na. It was just Wild Thing. <laughs> swamp Thing. Yeah. But they changed it to Swamp Thing. You are amazing. That, well, I think we know what our show music's going to be. You make everything. <laughs> Nasty. Yep. That's Wait, it. no, you Man. fight everything. You he doesn't fight. make it. He fights it. But my I favorite, am watching Swamp Thing. No, you Swamp I, Thing. Go ahead. It's just good. There's a Swamp Thing playset, and it's like the Swamp Trap. And I just love how they went all out on old toy lines. It was like, well, we got Swamp Thing. We've got five different variations of them. We've got the heroes. We've got the villains. Guys, we need the Swamp. Yeah, it's just so cool seeing these like these books because they just have, you know, it's everything that we we owned. It's got all the toy lines that we loved. A lot of the stuff that we're trying to collect now. It's got all it's got all of the Beetlejuice figures in here and like. All of the Bill and Ted figures, which are which are ridiculous. I'm sitting here looking yeah. through the Bill and Ted stuff, and there's like I don't know uh, six figures, right? Not including uh, Bill and Ted. You get six other figures. Every one of the figures are from Bill and Ted Part One, except for they also have the Grim Reaper. Right, and yeah, it looks okay. nothing it, like the Grim Reaper. Oh, that's no, good. it's just a skeleton. Yeah. No, <laughs> so that's great. That's why Kenner, dude. People, there's people who exclusively collect. They collect vintage toys, but they just collect Kenner because if you're gonna collect toys and you want to look at the stuff that from that nostalgia pocket, late '80s, early '90s, you're looking at Swamp Thing, Bill and Ted, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, and Batman. Like you're set. Like yeah. what else do you need? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It, Deal the, with it, Ninja Turtles. It's amazing. It's amazing. And the last like five pages of this are the real Ghostbusters figures, and it's. The play sets, the costume stuff, and it's just, oh, yeah. ugh, I want all of it. I want to have all of this stuff, and I want it all to be in as good as condition as this little booklet is. This booklet yep. is, like, perfect. You know, you got it fresh out of your your play set that was, like, oh, unopened or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, and uh, you know, when we were at Star Wars Celebration, there were a lot of um, – there were some, like, vintage toy sellers, and we saw one case that had – five or six old like toy booklets in it yeah. and they wanted like 150 bucks per book. God yeah. They were like there was, marketing catalogs. Yeah. Uh, and like one, one was from like 94 and it had all the Jurassic park stuff on the cover. And I was like, man, I just want all these old books. Yes. So I just want to look through all these old catalogs and just yeah. look at these toys. What I yeah. love. So I do like, I collect some stuff in package, some stuff not in package. I like buying mint in package play sets and role play items from yeah. from like real Ghostbusters, but not necessarily to keep them sealed. I just want to be the first person to open them. Yeah, like I want to buy. <laughs> I want to buy yeah. a mint in box like Ghostbusters Firehouse, and then like have the experience of, of opening it, stickers, putting yeah. it together. Like um, mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's what I did with some of these Robin Hood toys because they're not super expensive, but I found them new, and now it's like it's like uh, traveling back in time. Mm-hmm. It's very it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. Absolutely, and like reading all that extra text, seeing prices, the way things are described, if they have like, just the photography itself, all the colors are so cool to look at, and um, it is like time travel. That's why I like looking at old Starlog magazines and like seeing advertisements for like you know fan T-shirts and collectibles and statues and stuff that was what always it just it gets me mad. Like it's the same thing that you're going through, Jake. Where like if I'm looking at a Starlog magazine and I find an old watch or something that I'm like you know that I need that, and then you go and look for it online and it's like it's never available or it's something that yeah, was exclusive can't get it. but yeah it's cool to see it all packaged and displayed in that way where it's like it's and the other thing that's great about those right. booklets is that a lot of the time so they were always advertising upcoming toy releases not all mm-hmm. those toys got released like sometimes yeah. it was stuff that was never produced so yeah. there was like a bill and ted like dual motorcycle um yeah, that was i think never- that's in here yeah that was never released, and then what, like like can someone ride on the middle part? And then well, Genghis Khan. Oh, camp. Rob, there you go. Uh, and then uh, obviously Ghostbusters was was one of the like the unproduced prototypes in the real Ghostbusters line are some of the biggest toy collectibles you can find. Yeah. Um, Egon's like Egon's lab. laboratory yeah. place set was never made. There was like one prototype found at one you know at one time. Yeah. Um, so the what if factor of like what if this would have been made? That would have mm-hmm. been amazing. Right. Um, so, Jake, what you're telling us is you're about to buy some Swamp Thing toys, huh? Dude, yeah. I'm about to start buying them Swamp Thing toys, man. You know, like a while back, whenever whenever DC uh, did their new 52, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you know what? They're starting fresh. I'm going to I'm going to try to I'm going to start something. I'm going to pick up one of these issues. And Swamp Thing was what I started reading. I really liked it. Uh, I wasn't able to keep up with it, you know, and it's probably started over at this point anyway but um i never like i remember watching the movies the swamp thing movies i've never seen the cartoon i don't i i don't remember the cartoon at all so the cartoon is so you've seen return of swamp thing the second movie yeah i've seen the movies yeah the cartoon is kind of based on the second movie it's a lot of the same plot points there's like those like those kids in it Mm-hmm. It's a little more like, silly. Yeah, I remember the first silly. Swamp Thing is not that. It's like the first Swamp Thing you watch and you're like, oh, this is not this is not <laughs> what you think it is at all. It's yeah. like not really a kid's movie. It's weird. Right. Um, well, cool, man. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I want to get all those Kenner booklets from the different eras because uh, there's yeah. so much cool stuff in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I have it at home. I have an unopened um, Beetlejuice, the uh, one of the vehicles, like the, the flyer or whatever. Oh, okay. It's unopened, and I'm like, man, I need to go open it now just so I can get the fucking booklet yeah. out. There's got to be a booklet in there, right? Yeah, get there's the got to be. Man. Might yeah. be the same one, though. It there's got to be a database that yeah. shows us, like, which toys came with which booklet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to know. And the same goes for the back of toys. Like, when the back of toys, it was like, that's how you track yeah. the value of the Star every, Wars yeah. toys. Yep. Like, yes. there's, like, the eight back, the 12 back. What's coming soon. Like, how many pictures were on the back. Right. And now, a lot of times, they don't do that. No. How are you going to let kids know that there's more toys to get? <laughs> They're doing it wrong. Right. Um, they need to rethink cool. everything. Well, thank you, Jake. That was some good stuff, man. Yeah, some man. good stress. Hey, I got, little, stress. I got a little bit of stress. Yeah. What are you, uh, Craig, stress. What are you stressing about? So, as we all know, we've been on a little bit of a Star Wars kick lately. I've with, been kicking it. With celebration and things of that nature. Um, I've been 
trying to figure out. There's a lot of new movies coming out this year. You know, Guardians, It's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Spider-Man, all the stuff. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant, Thor, Ooh. Ragnarok. Yes. My Agra most Ragnarok. anticipated movie this year. Yes. Hands down is The Last Jedi. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am very, very, I watched Force Awakens again the other day. I'm very excited about The Last Jedi. Um, I'm excited because I, we lived, I lived my life a very long time understanding that there would never be any more Star Wars movies. Uh huh. Right? So, like, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, for the first 14 years of my life, there was three Star Wars movies. That was it. And then, in a short amount of time, we got three more. There was never... Hey! Jake, are you alive? Sorry, I'm good. You're okay, good? cool. It's Jake is, is George Lucas. George, is George Lucas there? Is he... Like, yeah, I'm gonna fix this. He, he's trying he's, to sabotage this. Yes, have some special edition? Um... <laughs> Anyways, long story short, we were never supposed to get sequels to the original Star Wars movies. And now we already have Episode 7. And we already have Rogue One. And now Episode 8's right around the corner. So I'm very, very excited about it. And Disney put out their release schedule for the next couple years. And so I was under the assumption that Episode 9 would be coming out in December of 2019. Yeah. But they announced it's coming out in May of 2019, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, approximately six months earlier than I expected. Mm-hmm. The Han Solo movie comes out in May of 2018. So that means between now and May of 2019, which is a two year period from right now, we're getting three Star Wars movies. Mm. Wow. Which is that kind too much? No, because it... it I've always thought that the event it's just going to copy the Marvel model. It's going to get to a point where we're probably going to get one or two Star Wars movies a year because the universe is so big and there's so much you could do with it. Why not? People are going to go see them. Get good writers, get good directors, more Tell Star good stories, Wars. right? Yeah. Now, that's kind of part of my stress, right? That's not real stress. I'm excited. What stresses me out is that I was looking at Disney's release schedule. In the year 2019, Disney is putting out Star Wars Episode Nine, The Lion King live action, quote unquote live action reboot, and Frozen Two. Wow. Yeah. Now, <laughs> remove your thoughts and feelings on the latter two movies, especially I like Frozen Jake's Two. Frozen reaction. <laughs> it makes me really sad for other movie studios. Like, how how does it's just not fair? How do you compete? Like, this, what do you even point? do? Yeah. And then they're following Quit. it up the next year with Wreck-It Ralph 2 and Indiana Jones 5 oh. with Steven Spielberg directing Harrison Ford. Oh, my gosh. So like, and then I'm looking at Sony, and they're like, hey, let, we should make the Men in Black girls now. Like, uh. it's like, or whatever, or whatever they're like. That's not happening. Or, uh, or, hey, Venom, instead of Venom being <laughs> Spider-Man's arch nemesis, what if he's just like, like a dad, like a suburban dad, yeah. or like whatever. But he's like Deadpool. Yo, what if he works at like a Ruby Tuesdays? Oh. All I'm yeah, saying is, is like, that. and I'm, not, I'm, look, it's not just Sony. Is that look, clean the salad bar. Warner Brothers has got to be praying that Wonder Woman is a giant hit. We all know what's going on in the DCU. All I'm saying is that I want to be in the Disney business. How do we get yes? We want Disney to buy out Yes Have Some podcast mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then put out the Yes Have Some movie. Yes. That's what right. we're saying. Yes. We could be like an Is animated that, okay. short 
that happens before like Star Wars. Oh, we'd be like nine. the old yeah, like they used to do. Like uh, yeah. like when you you watch Roger Rabbit, there's that little cartoon at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Romantics. Yeah. That's good. Um what I'm saying is that we're going to need to work on this before we pitch it is what we're saying. So. <laughs> but we have like a rough idea. What I'm getting at is that Ghostbusters is always my number one. It'll always be my number one. But I'm kind of at the point where I'm realizing, like, I just don't, I don't know if it's going to happen for us, guys. You're looking the other direction? Like, I just, I, I feel like. Checking the classifieds? I'm just, <laughs> I just, I think there's going to be more Ghostbusters content. But what if, what if Ghostbusters I saw this argument made before the new movie came out, and I didn't really buy into it. But what if Ghostbusters, as a concept, is more 80s nostalgia than anything, and it just, for whatever reason, isn't going to translate that well to the big screen going forward? And are, uh, are we even, are we even going to get to a point where, where a great writer and director can tackle it and, and give them the opportunity to do it? Like... That's what I'm worried about. I think you uh, – I mean I see what you're saying. I understand. Yeah, I'm losing I hope don't, over here. I don't <laughs> share those like concerns. Like okay. it – the last – okay. The last movie was not – it was it was bad, right? It wasn't good. It wasn't great. Uh, is that what we're like, saying? Is, that, is you, the yes have some po- – are we coming out and just and just saying it? it it's not it, a great – I mean, come on. It's, there, it there are some good fresh. things. There's some good things. <laughs> it's not a great movie. Um, it's got a couple uh, things. But, but okay. Craig, you just said – It's like a family said, member. Yeah, right, right. We're not going right. <laughs> to – Craig, you, you, you were just talking about how you were like 100% sure in your head that Star Wars was never coming back. You know, in the first 14 right. year, years of your life, there was just the three. And then there was the shitty – prequels which made it seem like further like oh it's hopeless we're not getting anything and yeah. now we're getting like the best star wars ever, ever maybe yeah. so, yeah. so if we just I, wait I, don't, a while. I don't see how you could be like oh well that can't happen for ghostbusters it can we i mean like i don't think that there's not a way uh you know to adapt it to the screen like that that art whatever that was that seems like bullshit to me yeah it just I seems guess- like i i think I think Sony is just panicked. They don't really know what to do. No, there's nobody working on it in the way they should be. That doesn't mean that the next thing that we get is going to be amazing. But I don't have it. Like I have no doubt that at some point we're someone's going to do the right thing. Something's going to click, and we're going to get a, we're going to get like a good Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, it's just where I get, and I that that was really good. That was like inspirational. Craig, the night, yeah. Craig, the night is darkest <laughs> just before the dawn. Yes, darkest before right? dawn. But it's but but it's dark as fuck, dude. It's dude, dark. Um, it's dark out there. Um, so I um, I think where I get stressed is I'm watching the Force Awakens and I'm watching the Last Jedi trailer, and I'm feeling things that I never felt with with answer yeah. the call like i feel right. like yeah. i yeah. like i feel like i want to jump into the screen and like yeah. run with uh ray and finn and like come on guys let's get yeah. to the falcon like yeah and when i watch hang out when i watch Skywalker answer the call i'm like burn. i don't i don't think i'd want to be in that ecto right now no. i think i'm like cool <laughs> over here yeah i want to go on the adventure with my heroes you know 
Yeah, let's get yeah. Rich McCarthy. Yeah, Sorry. that's okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, yeah. All, all joking aside, I, it's it's really it's good to be Disney right now. Um, and before we move on to this other main chunk that we were going to talk about, uh, Jake, I've never been a huge Indiana Jones guy. I enjoy the movies, uh, but it was never my number one. Uh, will there be a redemption for Spielberg and Harrison Ford? Uh, Will there be aliens? So. Yeah, I mean, you know what? The aliens didn't bother me in that movie, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think so. I mean, I think they know what they did wrong. You know, I, they they read all the, you know, they they made the new Star Wars, and they were like, okay, we got to fix Star Wars. They're going to do the same thing with Indiana Jones. They know right. that nobody really liked it. They know that there were issues with it, and I'm sure after after Star Wars, and it's you know. It's come back. They're looking at it, you know, to be like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do right by it. So I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be good, and it's probably think- gonna be, and it's probably gonna be Harrison Ford's last, right? So yeah. like, yeah. As a Spielberg fan, so this is a tough one. Like, obviously, we all love Spielberg, favorite director. Do you think the franchise would be better served with a more of like a J.J. Abrams Force Awakens type situation where you bring in? a young hungry director who who wants who grew up with those movies who wants to put their own yeah. spin on it yeah maybe you know maybe like i mean if if you told me yeah if you told me like hey someone else is going to direct it but it's going to be like the force awakens of the indian then i'd be like yeah sure <laughs> do it you know let's do it so yeah uh do do you think george lucas is going to have any involvement at all that's my george <laughs> lucas impression he'll, i don't think he'll it was be He'll be behind the camera, and <laughs> yeah. he'll he'll he'll, he'll talk to people. He'll yeah. be there. He'll offer some opinions, yeah. and people will be like, "Yeah, George, that sounds good." That's pretty. I and thought you were gonna say he'll be behind the camera, <laughs> four thousand miles behind the camera. <laughs> uh, it could be one of those. Yeah, himself. George, we'll do that in post. <laughs> yes. He's like, "We'll, we'll add the blanks later." I'm thinking something uh, along the lines of. Uh, like a refrigerator that he can hide in <laughs> when the nuclear bomb goes off. I don't feel like that's a very good George Lucas no, impression. No, I think it's work not. on better. it. Uh, cool. Well, thank you guys for indulging me. Thank you for letting me stress. I love Ghostbusters. I just, yeah. I, I care for it. It's like, it's like my child. Yeah. A child. And I want to see it. I want to see it flourish. Yeah. I don't want to see it, you know, I, I, see it get I feel like Ghostbusters, beat up. I feel like Ghostbusters, uh, Teacher came to me and said, "We might need to hold Ghostbusters back a grade," and I'm like, "No, just let him, let him, let him go. Let no, him. We'll study. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna work really together. We're gonna we'll, work really hard." Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "He keeps, he keeps pooping himself." Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, "But that's just, that's just good fun. That's just funny, though. <laughs> that's just hilarious." Hey, you uh, got, cool. hey, think, think about it this way, Craig. So I am. We we've gotten one. So we've we've had we got the original Ghostbusters one and two, and then we have this one, which I I would never I don't think even with all my problems with it I don't think I would call it like you know the the Phantom Menace of Ghostbusters or whatever. But there were three awful Star Wars prequels. You know what it's I mean? Mm-hmm. We've only had to, we've uh-huh. only had to deal with one. Right. Maybe, maybe if we're comparing, we like who suffered two. more us right. versus well, that Star brings Wars up. Right. So 
we got a, we got a minute here. I wanted to bring this up too, and I meant to bring it up last week. Maybe I did, but I don't know if we talked about it. Jake, you were at Star Wars Celebration. Uh, Abigail, you were there. I was there. We were all there. What do you think? Does it not seem that the Star Wars fandom has come around on the prequels a little bit? Like they're a little bit more like like accepted that, and, and loved more than I right, even thought. Right, because there's an entire generation like that's grown up on them and that has a fondness for them because their parents probably brought them to see those movies and they saw stuff that they liked in those movies. Yeah. And there are things that appeal to kids and like that sensibility and God, I don't think Jar Jar Binks is like funny to anybody, but like I'm sure that there's some stuff that Well just look at the reception Hayden Christensen got. I mean it was like it was really I, I was actually I was happy for him. Because yeah. he seems kind of a quiet. Did he like private... make the most, sell the most autographs? Like, yeah, like of, he like, sold out right. quick, and that part of that is because he just doesn't do these kinds of events. And because but... he's just so cute. Oh, he's a cute man. He's cute. Um, but what made me laugh was uh, there's a lot of uh, on YouTube. There's a lot of videos of kids reacting to Darth Vader being revealed as Luke's father, like right. mm-hmm. the first time they watched Star Wars. But I found another video which was a, a younger girl reacting. To Anakin Skywalker in Episode Three, uh, being named Darth Vader yeah. by Palpatine, <laughs> she had no idea it was, was coming. She upset. had no idea that was coming. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, she's like, no, what? No, no. <laughs> and she's, but then I was like, wait a minute. So you know who Darth Vader is, but you don't know that. It's almost yeah. like they maybe they were doing like machete order like they watched yeah. they watched A New Hope and then they watched Phantom Menace and then they watched Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Like she had no idea what was about to happen. So anyways, there's prequel love. That's what we're saying. Yeah. There's prequel there is, love. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and like Abby, we watched Attack of the Clones recently. It's not quite as bad as I remembered. So no. good for you, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Like if you're invested, then you're going to want to go whole hog and like just feel everything out anyway and like. So whole yeah, yeah, we're gonna go I whole. Go, hog. I was feeling things up. It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. The- what were you feeling <laughs> up watching Attack of the Clones? Just like my laptop where I was watching it. It was good. It's getting a little. Uh, it's getting weird. We're moving on to hour two. Yeah, it's of the late. Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> Cat House. No, um, I liked. I like. I don't like Attack of the Clones, but it's entertaining, and there are there's merit to the prequels, I suppose. Cool. All right, but yeah, cool. So. We're an hour in, and we're just getting to what will headline what yeah. this podcast. Um, <laughs> the main event? The main event. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. There's a little movie coming out next year. It's mm-hmm. filming right now. It's called Jurassic World 2. Yes. It is the follow-up to Jurassic World, which was obviously the sequel slash reboot-ish kind of ignored the second two Jurassic mm-hmm. Park movies, but they're still canon, but we're just not going to talk about yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic World. But we might have to talk about them. we might have to, because it was confirmed. Yeah. Jake, you want to reveal the news? I think everybody knows. Oh, do I get to do it? Yeah. You get to yeah. do it. Yeah, so it was confirmed, uh, what, last night, or the night before last, that um, Jeff Goldblum, as, you know, Dr. Ian Malcolm, is going to be in Jurassic World 2. Yep. yep. It's happening. It's happening. It's Jeff finds a way. Yeah. So that's what I said last night. I wanted to break this down a little bit because we're we're about to get into that mode where we're, we're going to be talking about Jurassic World two a lot over the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, just now, there's some news 
there's stuff starting to come out. This is the first big piece. So we'd, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, uh, kind of doing fan casting. Like what if this person comes back? What if this, um, over the years, Jeff Goldblum's role in that movie has become somewhat of like a pop culture phenomenon, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. tons of like memes and like the shirtless picture and like people have like a, a deep admiration for Jeff Goldblum and that character. Yeah. Um, so I was not surprised, but then part well, of me that was character like... character kind of became his existence. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he kind of grew into it and it became part of him. I was not surprised that he was going to be in the movie, but I guess because he wasn't in the first Jurassic World, I figured if they were going to do like the nostalgia thing, it would be in that first one and then they would move yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And then Jurassic World came out and it was extreme, like beyond anyone's wildest imagination except uh successful. Well, maybe they realized right. that the things that were the most successful, at least the things that I found most successful about that movie were the callbacks. Like when the uh the guy, the tech guy with the glasses, I don't know the character's name, but his Jurassic Park t-shirt that he's wearing. Mm. Like the the joke about that is one of the best parts and then when there's the actual banner that and like when they're starting the jeep up again towards the end of the movie, like the stuff that draws directly back to the original source material is the best. So why not get a character which is part of the original source material, right. like Doctor Ian Malcolm? So I'm that makes me super duper fucking pumped. Like if now I want Laura Dernan on it and like well, the entire well, family. We're gonna so. get there, uh, Jake. You're you're the resident Jurassic Park uh, aficionado. It is mm-hmm. uh, it competes with Ghostbusters to be your favorite thing. So. Yeah. What were your feelings when you when you read about this? I, I mean, I was actually surprised that they brought him back for it. And I know they do tease a lot of that kind of stuff in the first film, but I thought I thought they were really heavily trying to be their own movie and and I, all right, well, there there's tons of callbacks to Jurassic Park. But they also make it very clear that these are all new characters. This is a new thing happening. Mm-hmm. That old park, you know, doesn't exist. You know, like they, they make a, a point to be like, this is that was 25 years ago. This is the new Jurassic Park. So I, I'm kind of surprised that they would bring any of those characters back at all, because, I mean, it is branching them. But I, I really thought that they were just like moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I am super glad that he's in it. Uh, I would love for for them to like you just said, Abby. I would love for them to also bring back Laura Dern. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd just the, like just to the see big her, three. Honestly. Bring back like let's let's do all three of them. You know, let's do oh, yeah. Alan Grant. <laughs> what if it's a what if it's a Force Awakens situation where they confirm all three of them are coming back, but then oh, the entire movie Alan Grant <laughs> is not there. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking for him. They're, they're looking, looking for him. And at the uh, very end, at the very yep. end, they're like, Site B. He's yes. on the other island. He's just on fucking, the other island. He's, like, he's just living in the visitor center on fucking, the second island. Yes. Fucking Ian, Chris oh, Pratt, oh. holding out <laughs> the goddamn, it's the, the raptor Ian. claw. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, no words. It was either it was that. like Bryce Dallas Howard, and she's like handing him his raptor claw. He turns yeah. around. I was thinking like, signal flare, but raptor claw. Yeah, yeah. That would yeah. work too. Uh, that's <laughs> what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Passing I want, the torch. What, what if flare. they do that? It, it opens up with a scroll. Yeah. It's Dr. Alan Grant has vanished. Yeah. 
Dude, the score would work perfectly for that. So yeah, like like do it. Please. Um God, now I'm just thinking of that scene. I'm thinking of the end of Force Awakens, but it's just Bryce Which Dallas Howard and Sam Neill. Right. <laughs> and for some reason he's wearing Jedi robes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like his Sam, Sam Neill has come out and said like he would definitely like to return to Jurassic I Park and I think and I know I I know Jeff Goldblum is maybe a little more popular and everybody he's almost Jeff Goldblum's kind of got some of that like Bill Murray thing yep. going on got, where yeah. everyone's like super into him Bravado, and they're yeah. like oh fuck Jeff Goldblum you know he's weird he does things but I think it would be amazing to bring Grant back because Grant is like you know he's always more of like he's kind of the voice of reason he's a little more grounded. And I feel like it, it would be really fun to have him just show up in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's break this down. So we've, we early on in Yes Have Some uh, history, we did we broke down the three Jurassic Park movies. Um, we did. And even though that was like was our that, second episode two and three. Yeah, it was like episode right. two and three. But – those are fun episodes. So if you've never gone back and listened to, I'd say go back. We, we have we uh, we crossed so many lines. Yeah, um, it was fun. It was fun. Um, Jeff Goldblum kind of plays Ian Malcolm a little bit different in the Lost World. I have a feeling the way he plays him in this movie might be a little bit more reminiscent of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because they, I feel like their very first note to him would be like, forget forget Lost World. They were like, right. forget it. Forget that character. We're not bringing your daughter back. We're not bringing Sarah Harding back. Just forget No, 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 that. no. We're focusing on the first dress. Yeah, and I mean, that I would be smart. I, that was right. one of those things I always thought was weird about the Lost Worlds. I'm like, this is a completely different character just with the same name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um... Jeff Goldblum reprised his role in Independence Day last year, mm-hmm. and that movie wasn't great, and he played that character a little bit different, too. Yeah. Um, right. Well, I, I guess it's also probably hard, though, when you, you played a char- you played a role like 20 years ago, and now you're having a Dumb and Dumber, right? Kind of do that. Oh, yeah, for sure, Dumb and Dumber. But, right. Mm. But I don't think it's too far of a stretch from his regular personality to like recapture the Doctor Ian Malcolm because like it became like part of he's his... a little eccentric. So. Right, yeah, he is exactly. like that. Yeah. So how do we see? So there hasn't been. Uh, we're going to try to avoid like spoiler territory with this movie, uh, mm-hmm. but there's been some stuff. Chris Pratt came out recently and said that the movie's mm-hmm. going to be a little bit darker. Um, that's kind of a broad stroke. Who knows what that really means? Uh, but we kind of have gotten the idea that this movie's not going to be, this is going to be the first Jurassic Park movie that does not take place on one of these islands. So I've been trying to like figure out how Ian Malcolm is going to come back into the fold. Yeah. I think we're getting, I, I think we're, we're going to get some of the Island stuff, but I think overall, most of the movie is going to be like a mainland type thing. And I don't know. Well, man, we're definitely like, going to get the, they're going to be on the Island at the end when Grant it's revealed that Grant's been right. living there fun, waiting. Right. right. Cause I mean, at the beginning, like whenever they do the scroll, you know, it's going to say like the last paleontologist is yes. missing. And, uh, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> that's the last paleontologist. Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> Jurassic world to the last paleontologist. That's amazing. Uh, You'll never get Grant out of Montana. Oh, I think you will. I don't think it's going to be that throw hard. Throw some money at him. Yeah, uh, Grant, a little Grant. champagne, a little sweet talk. He needs some money. Yeah. 
He'll be do those book tours. Mm-hmm. He'll be speaking at a. Oh, he won't talk about the park though. He will not talk no. about the park. And I always Alan. mix up. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I always mix up uh, Alan Grant's speaking engagement from Jurassic Park Three with Sinbad's speaking engagement in House Guest, <laughs> where every where everybody in House Guest. So in House Guest, he's pretending to be this dentist, and to get out of this engagement. They give out the book, this book to everybody, and he tells everybody there's, like, Pearl Jam tickets in the back of the book, <laughs> and everybody freaks out, and then he gets out of there. Oh. And I always thought it would be funny if Alan Grant, didn't to avoid talking about his experience at yeah. Jurassic Park, was like, there's Pearl Jam tickets in the back of your book. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a great idea. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it'll kind of be the same thing. Like, maybe, maybe Chris Pratt seeks out. Malcolm, because he's one of the only people on Earth who have, like, a shared experience. Right. Um, and maybe brings him into the fold. And listen, there's a chance that... What if he's a, might... what if they bring him back as, like, a bad guy or something? That would suck. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, would I mean, maybe they wouldn't that. do that because they brought back, uh, you know, they brought back Wu. Right, right. And right. he, and he and turned like out to be kind light. of... A, a bad guy, kind of a so. dick. Yeah. No, no way. I bet they'll see. They'll turn him like anti-hero, and he'll save the day. Like because he is the nostalgic connection. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that they're going to put him. They're going to use him in a positive way. So he's going to be like, uh, "You've uh, tra- tra- you trained raptors." Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I feel. Do you now? There's no indication of this. Could be. We don't know. If this is like a main part, this could be yeah. a quick cameo. He could, mm-hmm. it could be a cameo. That would suck. Yeah, uh, we're gonna look back at this in a year and a half. And be like, wow. I don't really? think he'd be announcing it this, and it wouldn't be this big of a of a deal if, if it was just, just like a, a quick cameo. Thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, we're gonna look back. I feel like, like they are hiding more people who are returning that they don't want to announce and have those be yeah. the surprises, and that having Jeff Goldblum back is the one thing they're gonna let us onto. So, I'm holding out for more. Returns of original cast members. You gonna look for Laura Dern? Yeah, I'm gonna bring that Rex for Laura Dern back. They've already said her. that too. Okay, they're bringing so the T Rex back, and they're saying there's gonna be more practical effects. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Randall. There's already been some her. like, there's already been some animatronics. Like I've seen yeah. pictures go up, like set well, photos and shit already, where there's already animatronics. Right. There was a leaked photo. Bryce of Dallas another... already said no more high heels. Yeah, she's wearing comfortable functional shoes. So. There was a leaked photo of another famous dinosaur. Uh, from one of the original movies, but we we won't. I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but um, it, it was the spitting image of one of the originals. You guys see what I did there? Uh, you got it. What? I got you. Yeah. Okay. You Stick stupid. Um, so it's pretty scary. So what's interesting? A lot of time with sequels, they have to go bigger and badder, right? And they end up introducing a lot of new characters. But what if this one? They in, they reintroduce old characters instead of like introducing us to a bunch of new people because we know Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt are going to be in it, uh-huh. but I think there's not a whole lot of carryover from the first movie besides them. So uh, or the fourth movie, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, is it weird we're about to get our fifth Jurassic Park movie? Dude, that yeah, is crazy. It is, isn't it? Because for so long it was just those rumors about Jurassic Park four. Like oh, it's about to start filming. It was almost as bad as Ghostbusters three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's again living proof, though, that life finds a way, and that movies can get better, and that studios can come back and fix things that were wrong. And you know, just like we were saying with the prequels and how we're getting better Star Wars films now, maybe we can all hold out some hope for Ghostbusters, and that can be the silver lining. 
Maybe yeah, Ian Malcolm becomes a Ghostbuster. Yeah. That, that's what I'm hoping for. So. Yeah. That would be amazing. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, before we close out shop here, what do you guys what what when you think about the new Jurassic World, what 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 do you want to see out of this movie? Like, we all liked the first movie. The first uh, Jurassic World's actually grown on me. I like it more today than I did when I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd what, say the same. Yeah. What what do you want to see out of this sequel? Like what what. What are your expectations, and what would make you happy? Like, if you had some creative control, what, where would you want it to go? Because I think that's interesting to our listeners. Who I don't know, man. That's a hard one because I feel like I feel like they're trying to go bigger with it, and I feel like I feel like they're definitely doing the whole like uh, military weaponized dinosaur thing, and that's something I've never liked the sound of. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to like when there's. When the premise of the first movie is like, hey, we're going to open a park with dinosaurs and then it goes wrong, it's hard to keep thinking of plots that fit. Like, you know, how many times can that happen or whatever? So I see why they're doing that, but I, it, like, if I had creative control, I'd, I'd probably not do that. I'd do something different, but I don't know what. I'm, the, things that I, the things that I'm more passionate about is seeing animatronic dinosaurs just because like they they looked better like the cgi was good but the animatronics like the first Jurassic park it still looks better to me and they're yeah. doing that they're doing that they're, they they say they're making it a darker film a little scarier that's what i want and, yeah. and they say they're doing it so yeah and especially I gotta be happy with that if they've mentioned that, like, the animal rights angle is going to be something they're focusing on, wouldn't you want the believability factor of the dinosaurs themselves to be, like, higher for them to be practical? Like, if you're going to want to care about them the way that that's obviously going to be, like, a plot point for them. So, God, that's, like, kind of what I'm hoping, too. I'd say the same thing. Like, I hope that the effects are practical. I hope that you can feel the the presence of the dinosaurs and, like, that it is because yeah that was one of the drawbacks of Jurassic World. I'd also say I hope that Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Deering and that Chris Pratt as Owen are just more likable. I hope th- I'd like to see like their chemistry and I'd like to see like better use of those characters because I just I did struggle to like Claire and uh, I think by the end of the movie she does make like a transformation arc and I think that she's a, like more of a badass like carrying the flare and doing all that stuff. So I'd like to see her continue on with that and like to really like get in her camp and get behind her and end up liking her more so than I did in Jurassic World. So I have a feeling when this movie starts, they're not going to be together. Like, that seems, like, kind of predictable, but um, I have a feeling that they won't, like, be, like, an ongoing couple. Like, they've gotten married and everything's good and they've got, like, a right. little baby triceratops yeah, that they keep in the house <laughs> with them. Right. Um, I hope they just, I hope part of the plot is that they're using dinosaurs as modes of transportation, like dinosaur Uber, and like, <laughs> like you're like, okay, cool, we have to order our Uber now. Uh, oh, cool, let's get a Stegosaurus. Right. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, you know, there's. Uh, go for it. Go no, ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say, like, when you're watching the first, when you're watching the first Jurassic Park, it doesn't matter that it's, you know, 25 years at this point or um, 24 years, whatever. But like the scene. The scene when the when the T-Rex breaks out of the fence, that whole sequence, it's it's a I don't know, 10, 15 minute sequence of just that, you know, their cars breaking down from from the minute their car breaks down in front of the the gates or the the fence 
you know, to that last roar he gives out before they cut away. That whole scene, that's one of the that is one of the the best scenes in a movie ever. It's just yeah. it's very well put together. It's terrifying. It's like the shots are they're beautiful to look at. It's just yeah. the best mix of everything. And there isn't really anything like that in any of the other Jurassic Park films. You know, part two, they they did another like you know, they the tried bus. to, they, yeah, they did the thing with the bus and they, and it was two T-Rexes this time, but that scene yeah. doesn't have any of the weight or like the tension that the scene in the first film does. And it would right. be great to, to see something else like that, you know, some, something that's like scary. And I know we were like, I don't know, eight, whenever we saw Jurassic Park and, you know, of course, maybe kids today or someone who was older seeing it for the first time, maybe it, it's not as scary to them. But that scene is very tense and it's well, kind of terrifying. It is. But you make a good point because Jurassic Park is comparable to Jaws in a lot of ways, just from the the point in Spielberg's career. Like he's he's said it before. He has said Jurassic Park is kind of a spiritual sequel to Jaws and from a right. cinematography standpoint, like, yeah, there's iconic shot after iconic shot in that movie, mm-hmm. especially that scene that you're describing. And, God, I hope for some of that, too. You know, I mean, Jay Boyena, is that his name? Uh, he's, a, he's a younger director. Yeah. He's done good stuff. Mm-hmm. Everybody sings his praises. So hopefully he can bring something to the table that's like, it's really hard to do a unique, fresh spin on Jurassic Park. Yeah, but they're uh, huge shoes to fill, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and sorry, I was trying those to are like of, the biggest footprint. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to think of a pun for you to choose a Um Yeah, and they've this is a come footprint. Out, sorry, right. <laughs> but they've come out and and they and um, part of the plot in Jurassic World was that uh, dinosaurs exist and it's a world they're no longer relevant. It's yeah, it's it's yeah, right or their their existence is no longer a point of amazement and wonder. Yeah. So you can see it because there's little kids like at a petting zoo with like the little tiny dinosaurs, like the baby ones. And they're like, I'm like, why is this kid not freaking out more? But I guess that's part of it. It's like they're inoculated or whatever. Because it's like, oh, we see them so often. It's just like an accepted part. If you're born in a time where dinosaurs exist. So it's like that's why they had to go and create the Indominus Rex. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they get away from like the genetically modified dinosaurs too. But I have a feeling they're. Do you you want to see any more cuttlefish? Cuttlefish jeans. Uh, I thought that was the. I mean, that's no dinosaur. So (laughs) depends on what kind of dinosaur they cooked up in there. Verizon Wireless presents Jurassic (laughs) World Two: The Last (laughs) Paleontologist. Guys, speak, like speaking of it's Jurassic Park, um, have either one of you read the the book, the the Jurassic Park Craig book? Has. I have read Jurassic Park. Yeah. So there's a scene in that book um, that's uh, it's it's a pretty great scene where Grant and the kids are going down a river and they have a run in with um, the Tyrannosaur and it's right. it's it's pretty crazy. It's one of the famous uh, scenes in the book. It's a fa- yeah, it's a famous scene out of the book that didn't get put in the movie, but there were early like they wanted to put it in at some point, and mm-hmm. it just it just didn't make it for whatever reason. Um, you can go online. I saw this today. Um, 
a guy who's who who runs the website um, Jurassic Time. He he recently won an auction of some original Jurassic Park storyboards that came straight from Phil Tibbet, who was who worked on Jurassic Park, and there were there are storyboards from that scene, and mm. he like put them together in a video. He he put them all together for people to see like what it could have looked like in the movie. So it's pretty cool to check out. Um, maybe we can, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll post a link on, on our Facebook or something, but it's Absolutely. cool to be, Absolutely. it's cool to see stuff like that. You know, like we, we've mentioned this multiple times. It's really cool when one of your favorite movies that's over 25 years old or something and you, and, and new stuff pops up and we're like, Oh, this mm-hmm. could have been in the movie, you know? So, yeah. well maybe yeah. they'll, Hey, I've always wanted to see that scene on the screen. So maybe it's yeah. something they'll, they'll utilize and, uh, Revisit. Hey, maybe Lex and Tim will be back. You never I'd know. I'd be down for it. Could it could be, sure. Um, yeah. But probably not. <laughs> Lex will be doing paintings. <laughs> like Robert just, England. Lex will be doing self-portraits <laughs> in the corner. Um, <laughs> well, cool. So we're going to be talking about Jurassic World a lot over the next year or so. Uh, and it's just another movie to look forward to. Yeah. There's a ton of them. Guardians mm-hmm. next week we'll be talking about. Yep. For sure. Um, anything else before we sign off, guys? I think we covered it. I think yeah, we, we got, got it. it. Cool. Jeff Goldblum's back. He's, He's coming back. back. We're all pumped. He's back, y'all. Yep. Cool. I don't know what that voice was. I liked it. <laughs> it's uh, good. Before we sign off, do not forget to check us out on Facebook. That's going to be facebook.com slash yes, have some cast. Uh, mm-hmm. All of our latest announcements, contests, things of that nature. Uh, come uh, interact with us. It's fun. It's a good time over there. Yeah. Uh, and you can find us on social media at YHS Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and then our website, yeshavesomecast.com. You can find our episodes. Uh, Abby's blog posts are up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abby Check just, them out. Uh, what would you post? What'd you do? I talked about Star Wars Celebration and how stressful and amazing it was and all my experiences, and I broke it all down. So cool. it's up there. Make sure you go check out yeshavesomecast.com. Get caught up on Abby's thoughts and feelings, uh, as well as uh, you can find our episodes there. But the easiest way to find our episodes is going to be uh, on iTunes or your preferred podcast app, uh, Downcast or RSS feed or, or whatever you use to get your podcasts. Uh, and you can subscribe to us. Please, please, please do not forget to go to iTunes, search Yes, Have Some, and uh, leave us a five-star review because those help. That helps us get more attention and more listeners. And the more listeners we have, the more fun stuff we can do and more fun contests we can have. Yes, like our Lego more Lego fire firehouses. Things. That's coming soon. Coming soon. We're going to be doing the drawing on May 1st for that. And uh, overall, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Yes. So, yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Yep. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Out. Thanks Episode for being there. 54. And then, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'll Thoughts be very and feelings. Stressed. Abby will be crying. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be tears. Get the tissues. Um, and who knows? Maybe uh, Jeff Goldblum's in that. You never know. God, maybe. He's showing up all over. He's, He's got everything else. He's in Thor. No. Yeah. 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 So is Sam Neill. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a secret Sam Neill that's going to happen in Jurassic World. I too. hope so. Like, that's what I want. Secret Sam Neill. Pop in. Cool. Secret Sam Neill. Can't wait. Until next time, this is Craig Goldberg saying hello, goodbye. Yes, have oh, some. That was, a, that was a good one. This is good. That was a good one. These are the things Very I good. said. That was one of the better ones. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Abigail Gardner, Jacob Walsh, Craig Goldberg. Yes. Thank you so much. Stay stressed. Collect toys. 
Buy things that you can't afford. Deal with it later. Yeah, stay away from the West Indian lilac. There you go. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Later. Swap.